listeners. We are here with uh, another program of Haret Anolad. Here with you, Abraham Vazirai. And this is a broadcast live. Today is Wednesday, May 21st, 2014. And uh, today, I would like to speak about uh, one of the topics that I believe um, you didn't heard about it uh, too much because I know people scare uh, to speak about this topic. But I think that as we see it um, as a consultors, we can tell you that this issue is getting wider and wider, and uh, this problem is uh, it's uh, reaching high. And sometimes um, I don't believe that one radio show can help uh, someone to make real change in his life. But I want this program today to be the first point uh, to grant the first access to this um, wide topic. And uh, I hope that if someone are suffering from the problem that we're going to speak right now, I hope he find his help, the start point of his help here in my radio show. And Bezrat Hashem, he will continue on with this, with the new powers. And today I would like to speak about um, the issue of OCD. We know that um, a lot of people suffering from OCD, um, actually it's going together with um, uh, anxieties. And I would like to say, to speak a few words in the beginning to explain, to define what actually is a person that's suffering from OCD. OCD, it means obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and I hope, I, I, I'm very hesitant to this topic because um, I hope I'm not going too deep uh, because of my English, because there is a new concept that we have to make it clear now, and I'm going to explain some deep things, and I do hope that I don't make it wrong uh, because of my English. So if something is unclear, please illuminate it and send us your comments. If you need something that you want me to make it more clear, uh, because I really scare that um, you don't get me wrong. Well, um, before we start, I would like to um, remind you the ways you can contact us. And um, if you be smart, you start sending your text right now, because usually, uh, precisely in the in the end of the program, we getting you know so much of texts and we have no. Uh, um, much time for it. So you can start send your questions and comments about this topic or other topics. 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. Uh, 
if you want to be with us on air in a phone call, you can call JRET Radio, 718-683-5858. And if you want to elaborate your question, uh, you can send me an email, abrahameducation at gmail.com. Uh, so today's topic is going to be the systems, how to treat OCD and uh, how to dealing with and in the context that we are speaking usually about raising children. Today uh, we will start to learn how to avoid this issue of OCD um, or anxiety from our children because when it's already developed, um, it's more difficult to stop it and to treat it. So uh, we asked around in the beginning to play some music for us. Stay with us. Uh, today is going to be a very interesting topic, and I hope uh, that we have uh, you know, the benefit in the end of this radio show. So now a little break of music, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Get 
אז תשנה העולם, תעשה מחושך כפול מחושך כפול לעוד יום, תעשה משיבוש לגאולה. שוב לתוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי Maybe 
I can, um, you know, getting sick. So they always um, washing their hand. Or some other people believe that if they um, wake up in the morning and they're going out the street, and the first thing they saw is a black cat, they believe that this is an announcement from heaven that there is luck today is going to be down. Or there are some people that are going to a job interview and they always keeping their steps, do not step on the line between the blocks um, on the sidewalk. Or people always, you know, make this their suit. Um, they always fix it on their body. Or something that we're doing uncontrolling. Now, the real problem is that when this issue is just in the beginning stage, people not um, feeling, not notice that something is wrong. But slowly, month after month, year after year, some big parts of the life is actually starting to be reduced. And those people getting nervous, and one of the um, properties of this issue, they're getting to depress. Because let's say that someone is afraid from um, reaching into an elevator. He is afraid. So in the beginning, he's starting to avoid himself to be in elevator. I mean, even if he, ha he have to reach to the tenth floor, he's going to walk on the stairs, on the stairs up, because he is afraid to use the elevator. But in the beginning, he doesn't feel the real damage for his personality. Now, this is the first stage, what's happening after that. The second stage is that he avoids himself to be in a group when they're getting out from their office in the end of the day. Because if he walk with his friends and they're talking, all this group actually is reaching into the elevator area, and he is afraid. So he avoid to be in a group, to be in touching people, because he's afraid they might be reaching to the elevator, and then he's, go he's going to be in a, in a shame that he used the stairs, because he's afraid. So slowly and slowly, he lost his friends. And then people start to look at him that something is wrong with this person. And it's reflecting. When the society is looking at me like, am I crazy? Then I'm starting to behave in a strange way. 
And actually, as I said, day after day, week after week, month after month, this person it looks like something strange with him, something is wrong with him, and he's getting a depression because he doesn't know what to do. Now, actually, the people that suffering from OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, feel that they have to do something. They have very strange, strange habits in unprofessional perspective I'm speaking, it looks very strange. And people don't know what to do. Now, usually, uh, the disorder of obsessive-compulsive is affiliated with feeling of anxiety. Now, when I'm in anxiety and I'm scared from something, the the cognitive part of my personality doesn't work. I mean, you can see someone that he is very smart, he very succeeds his life, he manages life very well, but suddenly, when you, when you start talking with him about his anxieties, um, he speaks like a little child, because the part of the cognitive doesn't work when we feel very, very in emotional uh, situation. Now, we know that uh, in very extreme cases, very radical cases, um, those people might be getting to schizophrenia. When I'm speaking of schizophrenia, we're talking about 2% from all the population. So don't worry about it. But it might lead you to schizophrenia. Now, schizophrenia discovered by uh, Egon Bluler. He was one of the experts that uh, made a research about it. And actually, in the medical world, schizophrenia is the most worst uh, mental uh, disorder. It might be that people hearing some voices in their ear, they feeling that maybe someone outside them controlling them. They believe that the ears um, orders from outside uh, voice and they have um, some illusions. And we know that um, some people that they are very, very intelligent might be more in risk um, in a mental disorders. There was a research in a, one of the universities in the U.S. Um, they actually checked out up to 700 uh, people they seek in schizophrenia. 
that actually they marriage with kids. And we know that 85% of them didn't hurt someone from their family despite their sickness. It means that even someone is which sick and schizophrenia will not hurt um, his family. Now, if we go back to the OCD, the usual OCD, sometimes people thinking uh, very strange thoughts. They have thoughts about kill themselves, about kill or abuse their child, and they try to avoid these thoughts, and they don't know why it's getting harder and harder. And they might believe that Maybe something is wrong with me. Maybe I may hurt my children. Maybe I will hurt my close people. And it's very difficult. Now, in most of cases, um, persons that suffering from obsessive-compulsive disorder actually suffering for years. And they shy to, you know, to go to a treatment or for consultation because they feel, I don't want anybody to discover that I'm crazy. Now, first of all, we have to know that each one of us has OCD in very low level. Each one of us. Almost all the, the people, all population... Each one of them has some strange habits. There is some people, they always will open the door in right hand. They always um, touching in someone or something that they don't like in the left hand. Or other strange habits. We have to know that if we have it in a very low level, this is normal. It's normal. It's not a problem of OCD. But when you see that actually it's affected your function, it's affecting your function, and you see that more and more parts of the life is getting reduced, and you avoid to be in touch in people, with people, and you avoid... Uh, to find a job place because you're afraid from something or someone or somewhere. Actually, it affects your life. And uh, and the attitude of people is usually to avoid from something, from situation that may be, makes them uh, to be in anxiety. Now, there is um, a few systems how to dealing with it. There is uh, several kinds of treatments how to dealing with OCD or anxiety. But today, I would like to speak about um, two or maybe three of the systems and to point out what's wrong with these systems, because I know 
uh, it's very phenomenal, and um, some sometimes uh, people are going to a treatment and they can find uh, a very popular treatment, but there is some point that we have to wash and on because it's going against the halacha and against the Torah perspective. And finally, they will not help, maybe for the short term, but not for the long term. So speaking about, speaking about the systems, uh, right after a little musical break, but right now, let me to remind you that you can keep sending your questions uh, by text messages, our phone number for texts is 347-927-8398. And if you want to call us uh, live on air, our phone number is 718-683-5858. We're going to a small musical pr- uh, break, and right after that, uh, we will speak about the systems, how to treat OCD, and what is the risks in uh, those um, systems, and which one of them is the best to use. Vakasha.
it's not something that it's not real in his imagination. So I mean, the risk of taking elevator may be uh, uh, for five percent of risk for each one of us. Each one of us may stuck in the elevator, but the problem is beginning when someone thinks that it's two hundred percent that he's going to stuck in this elevator. That's a problem. Now let's say, for the example, that someone wants to getting out from his anxiety from elevators. What he can do? CBT says you have to expose yourself to high level of anxiety. You have to expose yourself to the anxiety that you have been trying for all those years to avoid from. In the first time, we recommend for this person to reach in the elevator with two uh, mechanic people that they know how to, you know, with a toolbox, that if the elevator will stuck, don't worry about it. There is two professional people here, and they will fix it up. So don't worry about it. It's also anxiety, anxiety for, for him, but it's not the highest anxiety. He is not alone here. So in the first time, we ask him to get into the elevator with those two uh, professional people that can uh, bring him out in case it's going to stuck. Now he sees that nothing's happened. Nothing has happened. And then we have to do this uh, exam one time, two times, two times, three times, until he feels that he can dealing with it. It's not scaring anymore. Now we ask from him, when you're getting in the elevator, I want you to think good thoughts. It means I'm scaring, but here it is. After all, nothing has happened. There is no what to scare from. Or, in another words, we teach him to live with his anxiety. I mean, we cannot give you a solution from your anxieties. Nobody can promise you you will not stuck in the elevator forever. Nobody can make it sure. But we do can teach you how to live with your anxieties. So it sounds very scary, especially for someone who's suffering from OCD. Or let's take another example. Someone is very scaring from sickness, from very worse sickness. And each uncomfortable feeling that he feels in his body, he may run into doctor, 
to ask about it. He wants very deep uh, checks of his body because he want to make sure he has no cancer or something else. He always care because of sickness. Nobody can make sure and nobody can promise to you you will not be sick. That's right. But look at your life. How many things you avoid from doing just because of this anxiety? Think about it. How many things, how many parts of the life is blocking in front of you because of this anxiety? Let's say that you are reading a newspaper and there is an article about very worse sickness. You leave this newspaper. In few cases, you don't even dare to touch this newspaper or you throw it to a garbage can just because you're scared. If you turn on the radio and some doctor is speaking about sickness, you turn it off. You cannot suffering it. And maybe I'll tell you in a secret, even when you listening to my radio show, you turn off the radio because you cannot suffering someone who speaks about a topic that you have anxiety from it. In my case, it's not so horrible because my English is not so well, so I believe I'm not scaring. But if it's another radio show, it's a problem right now. Right now we have to know that CBT says cognitive behavioral therapy. It means cognitive, it means I want you to think about your anxiety, to staring it straight ahead. Don't let your anxiety to threat you. You're going to be the threat for it, for your anxiety. You tell your anxiety, you will not scare me anymore. I'm going to scare you. We know that 25% will not start CBT because they really scared to make the first stop to expose themselves to their anxieties. But 75% others will be ready to do it. But we have to do. But we have to do that consciously, with con, uh, with consistence. It means when you start this method, when you, if you choose to use these systems, you have to be consistent with it until the end. Now this is the cognitive part. Behavioral part is to expose yourself. Physically, without getting risk, I emphasize, without, without getting risk, 
let's let's say that someone he is uh, scared from uh, car crashes, so he will put himself in the middle of the road when buses are crossing. No, I'm not talking about that. That's not what we call to expose yourself to your anxieties. Expose yourself in a level that you can see that the average persons may expose themselves to it. Getting into the elevators, reading articles about very worse sicknesses, or something like this. But you have to do it physically, to put your body into the elevator, to force yourself to stop with all your avoids, all the stuff that you just used to avoid it. Right now, you have to let yourself going with your anxieties. Now, what is the, what is make sense behind this uh, method? The method says that, actually, when you avoid from getting into the elevator, you actually make your anxiety stronger. Because each action you take to avoid from something, it's bracing your anxieties. And the next time is going to be more hard for you. And you can check yourself five years ago. The level of your anxieties or the things that you used to avoid from because of your scares was most low, lower than today. Today it's worsen and worsen. So each try to avoid from scaring situation just make your anxieties stronger and stronger. Now you have to do the total opposite. You have to expose yourself to your anxieties without any expectation. Because if you do it just because you want to vanish your anxieties, it's also kind of avoiding. I mean, if now I force myself to do something to getting into the elevator, I'm forcing myself. But, the, but this fact, this action, actually, you're doing it because you're trying to vanish your anxiety. So we're not going to have you. Here comes the cognitive part. Cognitive, cognitive part says, don't wait your anxieties or not expect your anxieties to be vanished. It will not vanish. But you have to learn how to live with it. And very fast you will discover that the part of anxiety is actually holding 1% of all of your life. 
Today, it takes 70 or 80% of your management of the life. But if you expose yourself to anxieties, if you learn to live with it, stop trying to fight with your anxieties, now your anxieties will not threat you. You threat your anxieties. But there is a... There is something wrong with this system about the Torah perspective. And I hope after a small musical break, I will, ex- try, I will try to explain what is the problem and which part is less here in this method, how the going, I'm talking about the fathers of these systems was Aaron Beck and Albert Elvis, and Joseph Wolf, they spoke about the CBT. They was they were the first, but they don't know the Torah perspective. So I think a little critical part is lacking here in this method. That's critical part. We shall add it right after a musical break. Let me to remind you: you can keep send us your text messages three four seven. 9278398 or if you want to call us 7186835858 and after musical break we also uh, will explain uh, what it has to do with the raising children and how we can raise our children without anxieties so they will not have need to use the CBT when they get into teenagers or maybe when they will be adults. Vakasha. Thank <laughs> את הלב והנשמה, חברים ומשפחה, ואת התפילה להודות לך. תודה לך על הטבע, הגוונים והצבע, היכולת להבין, להשכיל ולהחכים. הכל כל כך מושלם ושיבת פילי עולם רק לראות להתפעל ואליך להתפלל
מודה אני לך, כל עליון ונורא, שנתת לי צלם כדמותך. עם תחושות ורצונות, תקוות ומחשבות, ולבש שאותך לא תודה לך על הטבע, הגוונים והצבע, היכולת להבין, להשכיל ולהחכים, הכל כל כך מושלם, ושבעת פלאי עולם, רק לראות, להתפעל, ואליך. שוב לתוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי about the method of CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, um, to dealing with anxieties and uh, OCD. The people feeling sometimes that they have to do some strange habits, and they believe if I'll do that or if I will avoid something, uh, it makes me fortune, it gives me luck, And I will not fail. And these strange habits um, actually increasing, they're getting wider and wider, and people feel that actually it's blocked their life. It's actually taking huge parts 
of our life management. Now, what is the Torah perspective about anxieties? The Gemara says that there were two of the Amoraim, the Chachamim. They were walking out the street, and one of them was in anxiety. He felt anxiety. So the other Chacham next to him told him, Chata'a'at. It means you have a lot of sins. You did something wrong. That's the deep reason. And this is the real cause why you in anxiety. And then he proved it from Pasuk in the Torah. The Pasuk says, Pachadu betzion chataim. It means someone who's suffering from anxiety actually deep down the, the root reason of anxieties it's because of our chataim. It's because of our sins. Now, what is the connection? And what it has to do with scaring from getting into an elevator or scaring from sickness or scaring from viruses? How it's going together? We have to know that each one of us has something that we are not like to remember, but we have our consonants. There is a little voice deep down our hearts that always whispers, you're not good, you're not good. You spend your time. You spend your time. This actually very pressed voice that always whispers, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. And nobody can escape this little voice. And this is the first stage. This is open the way for the anxieties to, to getting into our hearts, our feelings, our entire personality. The feeling that we so want to forget of is the little voice that always says, you're wasting your time. Now, Chazal told us this is the source of the anxieties. But now, there is a question. How CBT has so many percent of success when it's going against the halacha? I mean, let's say there's someone he's caring from being in elevator. Now, according to the Torah, the root of his anxiety 
is because of his sins, because he has deep down in his heart, he has a huge feeling, I'm wasting my time. I'm not learning Torah. I'm not making the, the mitzvot as, as well. And, and he, this is the root suffering. So what CBT tells him? Expose yourself to your anxieties. Learn to live with it. Is that real? That's what Hashem wants from us? To live with anxieties? Do you believe that's what He wants from you? That's the reason He gave you this anxiety? I want to make it clear. Hashem gave us the feeling of anxiety just for us, that we shall fix our way, that we should not be in sleeping for all the entire our life without working about our midot, about our limutorah, about our mitzvot. That's the reason Hashem gave us the gift which called anxiety. The little voice which says, you're wasting your time. Do something good with your life. So how CBT can offer us live with your anxiety, and you will see during the time it's going to disappear. It's a question, right? So this is the very critical part I would like to add for this method of CBT. We have to know that, yes, we have to change our ways. We have to be better. That's the reason Hashem created all this world. That's the reason He created me, you, and her. Just because He wants us to be mitkadem, to move on, to be mitkadem. Now, we all know we cannot be like Moshe Rabbeinu in one day. Not even a couple days. We know that. But Hashem also don't ask us to be Moshe Rabbeinu. He just wants us to be mitkadem, to move on. Today you have to be better than yesterday. This week you have to be better than last week. This Shabbat has to be look better than the last Shabbat. Your Shulchan Shabbat has to be better. When someone always dealing with moving on to be mitkadem, to be better than yesterday, even if he move on in millimeters, and he's going with very little steps, his all anxieties will disappear. Because actually he cutting off the root of the anxieties. CBT may be the outside, the external way how to make it quick, 
But first of all, you have to cut down the root of the anxieties. CBT can teach you how to stop your strange habits. But what about the engine of this problem? What about the root that actually this problem springing from this root? First of all, we have to stop it. It has to be dual process. CBT, but don't forget the principle. Don't forget what most important to be Oved Hashem. To be Mitkadim. And actually, in this point, we're reaching to the Chinuch Yeladim. We know that um, some kind of anxieties developing actually in teenagers. Even earlier, 10 years old, 11 years old, you can find some child with very deep anxieties, and you ask why. They don't have any scenes. So why are they suffering from anxieties? They are not even bar mitzvah. So why a little child suffering from the same problem? That's a question. The answer is, it's actually dependent in our chinuch. And surprisingly, I would like to speak a few words about discipline, and I will prove you, I will prove it, the discipline actually has the responsibility for all our children's anxieties. I'll tell you what. Let's say that you have a little child, and little children has many desires to do everything. They want to conquer the world, and this is fine. That's the way Hashem created all the personalities, but we especially can see it at a little child. Now, he wants things. He wants candies. He wants toys. He wants everything he can get or everything he may be thinking that he can get. And when daddy say no, or mommy say no, I will not buy it to you, He's getting nervous. He's yelling. He's screaming. He wants to get what he wanted. Now, discipline says we have to raise our children in an environment of authority. The whole word is not hefkel. The old word has someone who manages it. You cannot do whatever you want. Now let's say that you want to to let him sleep in 8 p.m. And you really want them to sleep in 8 p.m. This is bedtime. 
how many parents can reach their hand up and say, yes, at my home, when I decided 8 p.m. this is bedtime, they're going to sleep. There is silence from children's room. <laughs> I don't think there is someone who can say that. Why? Because our discipline are weak. We're not strong. But surprisingly, look what's happening at mornings. Most of students, I think nine I think ninety five percent of students in the world getting to their class in morning on time. How that miracle can be happened? How? If we really have an issue of discipline, why we're not succeed to sleep them on bed on bedtime? But at morning, 95% of students in the school bus on time. Why? You know why? Because at morning, we, the parents, know that there is no choice. There is no choice. They have to be in the, bu- in the school bus on time because if they will, wouldn't be on time, the mother will lose her job or the father will not be in the office on time and his boss going to fire him. So we know there is no choice. And without speaking, we expressing this feeling to our children. There is no choice. You have to be on the school bus on time. That's the reason why you getting back from the tefillah and you see all school bus are full. There is no any issues of discipline at all the homes. In all the houses. How it's happened. But at night we know There is another choice. There is another option. Because we are not hurry to anywhere. Actually, each one of the parents might manage perfect discipline. If he just believes in his power and he believes There is no choice. I said no, it means no. And when I said yes, it means yes. The problem is we, the parents, don't take ourselves seriously. So what is the chance our child will take us seriously? We have to remember, you want to discipline your child, first of all, Believe your power. Believe your, uh, 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 your firmness. Believe your authority. You must believe. So at morning, it happens automatically. Because we know, we hurry up. There is no time. There is no any option. 
You have to be on your school bus on time. We know, and we're expressing that. But at night, or when they ask for candy, or when they make us shame in the middle of supermarket when they want something, so actually they notice a parent thinks there is a choice, another choice. So they're screaming, they're yelling. They want to get what they think that might, that they may get. That's actually most important point that we have to remember. Now, let's take for the example, 10 years old, which growing up with parents that they have their authority, they have good discipline. Actually, most of his day, he lives his life with parents that expressing firmness, expressing authority. The world is not healthcare. You're not going to do what you want. You have to follow the rules. And precisely few rules, not much. I'm always recommending take two or maybe three rules, the most important rules in the house, and demand only them, but be consistent with it then your children will getting used to the fact when mommy says something, I have to do that. If daddy says something, I have to do that. There is no any other choice. When they internalize this point, you succeed and you manage your education. You made it perfect. But we have to start working. There is a lot of lectures about uh, discipline in the website of jritradio.com, in the archive. You're pushing on Hararet and Olad. You can find a lot of radio shows dealing dealing with the, with the discipline. And we have to remember it. Because discipline, this is the root of the self-confidence of your child. When he growing up, in an environment of firmness, he feels safe. He feels safe. He feels that his parents protecting him, protecting him even from his bad desires, because they will not let him do whatever he wants. So during that time, he feels confidence. He feels that the world is a safe place to be raising in. He is not suspect people. He is not afraid from public. He is not developing any anxieties of the world because he is always feeling, my parents is around. My parents around, my parents with authority, 
My parents are strong. He has no time to be scared from something. And in the other hand, you can find a lot of children suffering from anxieties, from panic attacks, and you ask why. If you will check it deep down, you find there is an issue of discipline down there. There is an issue of discipline down there. That's the source, and this is the root of all the mental issues that actually developing in teens, even in, in the infancy. When your child is growing up in environment of authority, he internalizes to his inside world that the world is a safe place to be growing in. Your questions and your comments via text messages for 347 927 8398. I repeat, text messages 347 927 8398. Our phone number is 718-683-5858. You can send us uh, also an email all over the week. Our email address, abrahameducation at gmail.com. We're going to a small musical break, and we'll be right back with your questions. Stay with us. these ups and downs we call living thank you for the good times and the better times thank you for the rainy days and sunshine thank you for the journey that we're journeying for all the lessons we are learning thank you for the good times and the better times So to you I raise this cup of mine Smile shining, keep the blessings coming Till the cup's overflowing Blessing upon your head Blessing upon your head Smile shining, keep the blessings coming Till the cup's overflowing Blessing upon your head For good news that we're hearing Thank you for new suits that we're wearing Thank you for good times and the better times So to you I raise this cup of mine This cup of mine 
נשוב לתוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. Just, just keep quiet. 
now he starts to believe that he's stronger than his parents. So he feels very scared. He feels that the world is not a safe place to be raising in. He feels that the world is a very scary place because even my parents which supposed to be my defenders, which supposed to, to, to protect me from all dangers of the life, and don't forget, when he is 10 years old, most of the experience of the life is first experience for him, and he feels threatened. And your child doesn't know to define his source of scaring he doesn't know to define why he's suffering from anxieties. But we, as a, as a parent, has to take the responsibility to learn about this topic and to know why actually it's happened to us. The ways to learn... Um, how to Discipline Our Child, you can find on the website of jritradio.com on archive, you can find it. Now I would like to approach uh, your text, and you can keep send us your text via 347-927-8398. Our first text messages is, what cues of OCD? Well, First of all, we have to know there is a huge damage to start research. What is the source of my own OCD? Why I develop it such strange habits? It's very destroyable. Don't do that. Don't put any effort just from knowing what is the cause of my own OCD. The CBT that I just offered here is against this attitude because this attitude for all over the history was failed. Because when you start to dig in in your past and you're just trying to find what is the sources, first of all, it's not benefit because, so what? So you know. So what you can do? Let's say it's because of problem of 10 years ago. Can you fix the past? You know that no. So it leads you to be, um, to be desperate. Because I cannot fix the past. So that's the way, so that's the reason why I don't answer uh, the, the causes of OCD. But on the other hand, even if I would want to answer, I cannot, because each one, everyone has his own reasons, have his own perception, how he percepted all his past. But there is no any reason to dig in in a past. It will give you nothing, believe me. If you want to deal with your, 
with your OCT, start now. Start to be mitkadem. Start to be move on in Avodat Hashem. That's the first stage. You're cutting off the roots of this problem. Now you have to dealing with what's already developed. That's OCDs will be good for you. To expose yourself to your anxieties and to learn that you can live with it. It will stop threat you. You're going to be the threat of your anxieties. But no, don't be in desire, you know, to wait. So when it will be over, when my, anxiety, my, my anxieties will be, will be vanished, don't wait for it. If you believe that you can live with it, you will see during time it will just it will be just disappeared. So this is the answer for your text message. Now to the next text. My girl is eight. Every time she is in a new social uh, setting or gets excited, she rocks back and forth and can't stop even in school. How can I help? Well, as usually, I don't give you your uh, specific answer because I don't know you and I don't know your eight years old girl and it's not responsibility for me to get you a directly answer, but in a general line. I think that the source of anxiety is a... It can express maybe she is in a social, a new social. Um, but you have to know that actually maybe the source of this problem that you're eight years old doesn't feel that she is in a safe place. Now, if we had a conversation, I would ask you, how is the discipline in your house? Are you making it better? Or maybe it's not good. But first of all, I recommending you put a focus on your discipline. And discipline doesn't mean threat your child or show her how strong you are. It's not the way. The way is to expressing in our house atmosphere of authorities. There is an authoritarianism here. You, there is rules. You cannot do whatever you want. And the golden rule and discipline is to stay calm. Don't get angry. Seven years ago, I was in a lecture in Queens. And one of the people in the crowd asked me, Actually, it was a series of lectures. So in my second lecture, he told me, I didn't understand why are you telling us to slap and to smack our children. So I've been in shock. I told him, how did you understand of my words that I say to hit children's? He told me, you yourself said in the last lecture that 
parents has to show their child that they are strong. So I show my child that I'm really strong. Each problem he made, I slap him. I smack him. <laughs> so I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm talking about environment, atmosphere of firmness, not aggression. I'm talking about being calmed down. And let's say that your child doesn't want to get a bed. You can hold her arm, but you stay calm and tell her, I will not move from here until you're getting your bed. And the first time, she might be don't listen even to you. But don't be excited. Just still hold her hand and, to- and tell her, I'm waiting you go to bed now. And you have to replay your demands time after time. And the first time, in the beginning, it will, it will be very, very difficult for you. But during the time your child will getting used to the fact, mommy says, I have to do, there is no any other way to get out of that. I have to do that. The secret of discipline is to be consistent. When you decide, think along, think a lot before you say something. But after you said, after you decided something, be consistent. Don't let the child manage his world. You have to manage his world. I'm talking about discipline, not about his internal world, his desires, his feelings. You cannot control him then. You just can stimulate him to want the right way, to wish the right way. But you cannot control him. But when we're talking about the discipline issue, you can control him, but just controlling that based only on authoritarianism, not acquisition. It will not going to work. Well, one more question that uh, we received. Um, I have six kids under the age of nine, but they are always jealous of each other. If one kid gets something, everyone else is jealous. How can I help them be happy? Um, Well, jealous between uh, brothers are very common, and we can see it um, in a lot of uh, families. Now, the source is the deep feeling of uh, unique of your child. I mean, if someone feels that he has his unique, he is not jealous of his friend. And I would like to extend it. Let's say I have my famous example. Let's say that we have four chairs in one room. One chair made of gold. 
one chair made of silver, one chair made of iron. Now, in the example, there is jealous between those chairs because the iron chair says, I jealous you, the golden one, because everyone worth to sit on you. And nobody is looking at me. I'm so heavy. I'm made of iron. So if you have four chairs, might be jealous between of them. But if you have a chair and a table and a window and a book, there is jealous between them. Do you believe that the chair tells to the uh, table, I'm jealous you. Everyone's worth to put his book on you and read something. And nobody put his book on me. Why? Because you are a chair. Your function, your job, is to let people sit on you. And table is a place to eat on it. And book is a place that I can read something. We are different worlds. There is no jealous between us. If you're a child, you have six kids, Shubrim. If they feel just, each one of them feels, I'm just chair between chairs, so he's jealous. But if you start find the special, the unique points that you can find in each one of your children and praise him. Let's say that one of your children has a good heart. Tell him, you know what? You have the most good heart of all this home. I didn't see something like this ever. Now other kids say, and what about me? You? You are the most, uh, <clears throat> the most fast motion in this house. You make things very quick. I can trust you. You are most trustable. And the third one say, and what about me? You, you have your unique. You have other things. Now each one of them feels that he has his safe place. Nobody can be in competition with me at this ma'ala, at this feature, at this something that I'm good in. During the time, it's not work of one day, but during the time, suddenly you see the jealousy is going down. Because each one of them, even if he sees his brother get a candy or get something or get a compliment from you, Maybe he will be jealous, but a little bit, because his inside world full with feeling of, I'm good, I have my unique. <clears throat> well, this is the answer um, for your uh, question. Um, now, one more message. Please tell me where I can access the entire program that is on now 
Abraham Education for listening later. I missed the first part. Uh, well, you can uh, go to the website of jrootradio.com, and then you choose the archive. Then you can find it's writing in Hebrew, Haroet Anolad. And then you reach to the page of all our radio shows, and uh, you can find the whole lectures. And this uh, specific radio show, a couple hours when we finished it, you can find it on the website. This is the place to, to, to thank Iran about his special work, really, a couple hours uh, after this show. It's already shown on the website. Well, uh, one more text. So, are you supposed to let the child cry without getting what he wants? Yes. Yes, you're right. You're supposed to stay calm and ignore him and don't let him to make any even little bit of influence of your behavior. Because if your child sees that he can make an impact, even a little impact, of your mood, of on your behavior, he internalized the message that he can control your personality, your life. It's in his subconscious. It's very scaring the feelings that I have, just like a remote control that I can push the button, and my parents getting, you know, uh, getting behavior different. And even, even if you don't let him do what he wants, or you don't let him, you don't give him what he wants, but you're getting nervous, or you're yelling, or you're screaming, you actually show him that he has kind of remote control, that he can push the button, and you start dancing. This is very scary thought in his subconscious that he feels, oh, it's scaring. I'm controlling my mother. So what is the chance she will be my protection? She will protecting me and gives me the feeling that I'm raising in a safe place. To ignore him, but do it well. You have to practice. I'm always recommending when you when you're getting sleep, and you're getting into your bed, and all the house finally in silent, and the house is darkness now, instead of getting sleep, dedicate few minutes to active your imagination. And in your imagination, just paint a picture of the bad situation in the house, how your child's screaming and yelling and rocking, and he wants it, and he's rampant. Now imagine yourself how you stay calm, and you succeed to ignore him, and you're not getting examined because of his behavior. Just in the imagination, it's most easy to do that. But if you do that every night consistently, you will see how it makes the best influence on your behavior. 
you'll see when it happens real, unreal, you have the powers to ignore him. Do not let him even a little bit of feeling that he can control your uh, response. One more um, text message. Let me to remind you the number for text messages is 347-927-8398. Thank you for your wonderful show with its great insight week after week. Thank you, too. We really appreciate it. Thank you, too. Is discipline only a preventative method so a child can avoid anxiety, or does it also help remove it? Also, if a child doesn't receive discipline at home, is receiving school discipline uh, sufficient? Thank you. Thanks again. Well, the first question, the answer is yes. If your child already had an anxiety, and now you try to fix it up, and you try to renew your discipline, definitely you can make total solution for him, and definitely, yes, you can fix it. Well, we have to consider it, his age, and how many times he, you know, um, how many years he was not under discipline, but actually, uh, actually, yes. When and we saw it. My experience tell me that when was uh, a lot of issues of anxieties. When we just succeed to fix the discipline by the parents, most of the problem just disappeared. It's like a miracle. Now, about the second question, uh, if a child doesn't receive discipline at home, is receive school discipline. Well, it's helped, but a little bit. Because the real place of education, when your child actually internalizes the concepts of his life, the experience of his life, the most of, of it, it actually happens in the home and not in school. School discipline may help you, but it's not enough. But you just wrote here that he has not received discipline. There are parents think that actually they give discipline, but the child doesn't accept it. The proof is why this child do accept discipline on school. It doesn't mean your child is, cannot be disciplined. There is some uh, psychological that thinks that some uh, uh, children cannot, just cannot uh, uh, receive discipline. This is total lie. It's not truth. The, pl- the problem is by the parents or by the educator. They don't know the way how to create discipline. But actually, discipline can be influenced for every children, even the most rampant. Well, um, there's the, dear listeners, um, uh, we don't have uh, sufficient time for more questions, 
So uh, um, let me to remind you uh, our phone numbers for all over the week if you want to speak with me privately. You can reach me every night between the hours of 10 p.m. to 12 midnight, um, Israel time, of course. You can reach me at, at uh, 972-54-840-9669. I repeat, 972-54-840-9669. This is my phone number. You can reach me every night between 10 p.m. up to 12 midnight uh, Israel time. And every Wednesday, right after the radio show. You can also send me an email all over the week, abrahameducation at gmail.com. And if you, if you would like to invite me to lecture in your community to make Chapaton, we have a special program. You can reach me at 972-54-840-9669. Thanks for Iran Jacob uh, for the technical issues. And thank you, dear listeners, uh, for your listening and your questions. Uh, I really want to apologize for uh, who sent us texting and we didn't uh, uh, read it because of the short time. We shall read it uh, on the next video show. Uh, thank you for being with us and keep listening to JRoot Radio on website and on hotline. Thank you very much. We'll be back in the next week. Be at the same day and at the same hour. Bye-bye.